Good afternoon and welcome to Ops in Lockdown. This week's session is all about um, the trade associations and um, I'll be introducing Andrew Harrison from ESSA and Chris Keith shortly uh, from the AEO. In the meantime, um, the reason why we're, we've chosen this session um, is that, that the associations are all about making a positive difference and being stronger together. Um, so it only felt right that we involved these guys in that conversation. Um, just to give you a bit of um, background and knowledge for any of you who don't understand how these associations kind of work together, um, just wanted to give you that understanding. So we've got three trade associations within our sector, um, within our industry. Um, ESSA, the Contractors Association, the AEA, which is the Organisers Association and the AEV, which is the Venues Association. And over and above all of those is the EIA, the Event Industry Alliance. And that kind of brings all of those three together on a really kind of top level. Um, so just wanted to give that explanation before we get cracking. So I would like to introduce to you uh, Chris Keith from um, the AEO. Chris um, has been in the, in the industry a number of years. Uh, he was kind of part of the formation of the EIA and the changeover from Beaker to ESSA and he has been uh, championing all of our um, aspirations and goals with the government over the last few weeks and months. Um, I would also like you to in, um, to meet Andrew from ESSA. Um, Andrew is the director of ESSA which um, underpins the um, contractor community. Welcome gentlemen, how are you? I'm very well, thank you very much, Lou. Very well, yeah, very, very well. A little bit tired, but well. Well, welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. We're going to fire straight into the questions, if that's all right. And my first question is, has this been the worst working period of your life so far? Um, first of all, Chris, let's go to you. Um, it depends how you define worst. Uh, they've been the busiest. I've never been somebody for shying away from hard work, uh, but it's definitely been the busiest uh, couple of months of my life. Um, it's been horrible seeing people's businesses come into a complete stop, uh, seeing all their hard work of years of building them up uh, sort of just immediately stop with no revenue. The impact on people has been terrible. Uh, but from uh, associations perspective, of purpose from all, all of our members wanting exactly the same things so from that point of view it's actually been really exciting to be able to represent everybody with the same message to government and things like that so it's a it's a bit of a mix if i'm honest um it's it's uh, it's been hard work but hopefully making a bit of a difference to help people and their businesses is really key but seeing the devastation that the uh, pandemic has had on people's individually and businesses freelancers self-employed contractors venues and suppliers it's been uh, uh, and of course, and visitors. Uh, it's, that's been really hard. Yeah, Chris, you've pretty much had to become a politician lobbyist um, overnight. Um, so I can imagine you've had a fairly fundamentally bonkers few few weeks and months. Uh, so, Andrew, you've been, um, I know, having spoken to you um, in those first few weeks when, when things were starting to tumble, you were really at the coalface in terms of hearing um, the devastation from some of the members and the immediate yeah. impact that it mm. was having. Um, how's things been for you? Yeah. 
Um, I'd like to to answer your initial question. Uh, to put it bluntly, yes. Personally, it's it's been the worst few months really of of my professional working life. Um, there's been some highlights, and I echo everything that Chris has said from an association point of view. Um, but I, I suppose from a personal perspective, um, the speed at which there has been change and the sheer volume of change, um, you know, regardless of the highlights where, you know, drawing upon the industry's um, resolve, um, it's it's been overwhelming and it's been overwhelming for pretty much everyone I think I've, um, I've come into contact with. Um, and there have been huge peaks um, at, at certain points and, uh, and amazing lows and, and you know, sharing those with um, two, you know, up to 250 members and other people within the industry. As, uh, it's definitely, it's a period of time I'll never forget and I, or I, I won't forget quickly. Um, but yeah, it has really, to put it bluntly, it's, it's been the toughest uh, time in my career. So, Chris, how has it been now that you are a regular contributor to um, to news programmes? Uh, do you know what? Uh, it, it, not only it's, it's politicians, it's government officials. I've been on the BBC News and Radio, LBC Radio, all stuff I've never done before. Uh, um, but authenticity of the messages and understanding what how it's impacting people's lives and businesses uh, and uh, you know in trying to relay how those could be fixed uh, it, the government stuff is um yeah the long burn aspect of it is 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 really hard uh, and having an idea of the of how you can influence change is, is really difficult but you know i think we as an industry we are in a great place to be able to help kickstart the economy get the vertical markets that the events serve going on level up as we look at the impacts on the supply chain so in many ways the the, the answer of the, what the industry can do has been a very positive one uh, obviously there's a lot lots of lots of hurdles to jump through and it and it can be quite overwhelming at times um but spending those time over the it's 15 years I've been involved talking with government and it's I've often referred to myself as the donkey from Shrek you know I've been the one that's been banging the drum you know we're the events industry we're really important you know, we, we, we stimulate economies we drive business we do all these wonderful things and it felt at times that you feel like giving up there's no point um, you know I go to the leaving do for the uh, government official as they move on to another department all those different things and, and, and actually in hindsight the time spent doing that's been really invaluable and last week I was chatting to the Secretary of State for Business uh, and that just wouldn't have happened I'm not suggesting we need the pandemic for that to happen but the, the, the cut through at the moment has been really quick. The pace is ridiculous, as Andrew said, and what, what you said last week may be different to what you need to say this week. So we're just um, switching our messaging to what the current affair is of the, t the time. But yeah, it's uh, it's 100% of my... Yeah, I must admit, going on to the yeah, sure. picking up on the pace thing, um, you know, I've learned over the past few weeks that, um, you know, all humans experience and react to change at, at very different levels and, uh, and, and the pace at which they adapt um, to, to, to the pace of change and how we recover is different. Um, I mean, that's, that's been a key, key learning for me um, and an understanding um, of people and businesses and how they respond to, to the sheer pace of change as well. So my next question is about kind of rewinding the clock 
um, what we could have done to prepare um, for this. Now, um, it's probably too early to, to start doing the whole hindsight thing, but I've got a post-it note on my, um, on my desktop that I started at the beginning of this process, uh, which is basically what could we have done that would have made a difference. And there's things on there like um, understanding contract terms more clearly, um, you know, just anything that I can think of um, as it happens. Um, we need to be capturing. So, um, Christian, over to you. Um, so, Andrew, um, can you think of anything that we could have done um, differently um, in preparation for this mm -hmm. crazy situation? Um, I, I, it, it, it's a difficult one. Um, you know, I, I've mentioned before, if, it, if it's any comfort, it's, it's, it's almost been impossible for any one person um, or business or sector to prepare for the events of the last three months. Um, and a crisis of, 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 of such international reach um, often requires um, a different type of kind of governance. And that's what we're seeing now, a governance in a higher place that as an industry and a sector, we are well placed to try and tap into, as Chris has just mentioned, with all the, the hard work that has, has gone on over the years. And a majority, a lot of that work has, has taken, taken place by Chris himself. Um, I, I suppose in terms of the, 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 if I could rewind, you know, three to four months ago and having the benefit of hindsight, I think, I think we all could have benefited as a sector and not just our sector, but uh, others and the government um, in potentially moving quicker from, from what I would call uh, the shock and denial stage um, of the first impact. Um, that might come across as being a bit harsh as we've never experienced all this before, but are talking now about the benefit of hindsight uh, i think if we'd have been able to um yeah move move through those initial stages a little bit quicker we we may have been in a position now where we may have been slightly more advanced and i mean that from the top down i mean it from government as well not just not just looking at our sector um, um individually um because uh, you know it's yeah it, it's a difficult one I mean, ultimately, it would all be great if we could all rewind and take out an insurance policy naming COVID-19 as a specific pandemic. But, you know, that's very much wishful thinking. It, 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 it's very it's, it's very difficult. But I think in the in the real in the kind of only got rewinding three to four months, I, I think moving through those initial changes of the uh, those initial stages of the change curve for me would have would have would have been more enhanced. And I mean, that as a collective nation, almost of businesses and government action. Yeah, it was a tough one, wasn't it? Um, we were heading straight into spring season. I mean, the timing couldn't have been worse. I think maybe if um, things had started falling kind of December, January time, um, it might have been a, a different, yeah. Um, yeah. not a different reaction, but uh, maybe a more measured one. Yeah, to throw the handbrake on, to throw the anchors on, you know, I, I agree. It's It was nigh on impossible in that stage. And so, you know, I, I sit here now appreciating that what took place in those first two, three, four weeks, you know, took, you know, it, 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 it had to, it had to. It's an, it was it was a natural re response from uh, from lots of industries and, and government um, to an extent. Um, but yeah, if we're talking about, you know, a wish list, then uh, yeah, I think, I think there could have been stuff um, we, we could have done as a um, uh, in those earlier stages, um, but like I said, hindsight hindsight is a great thing, and nobody you know, really has it. How about you, Chris? 
I think, uh, well, eloquently delivered earlier on uh, those comments. For me, it's 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 really hard. So, as a member organisation, you always want to deliver value. You want to deliver value now. So, you look at the things your members want, and you do the best practice or the events or whatever it is they need. And it's really hard to justify the time spent developing the government relationships to. Uh, that kind of work the new economic impact study that we did at the at last year um so for me i think uh, probably a, a bit more of a focus on getting recognized as a sector would have saved quite a lot of time as it all kicked off because i spent most of my time going don't forget us you know we're, we're really important um and it's it's you know we're you know, we employ a lot of people we we, we 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 create wonderful experiences we translate knowledge all the wonderful things about the world of events um, and i think if there had been some way of um actually being able to get recognized as a sector first but that's really hard to do when you're living in the now as an association you're delivering value to your members now because we're spending your hard uh, delivering the stuff that you need today but to think about what you might need tomorrow is very difficult so hindsight get recognized as a sector as a sector going forward i think that should be one of our primary government objectives is to be actually specifically recognized as a sector so going forward anything like this comes up again we don't have to keep fighting to say you know we're not less hospitality and tourism we fill the hotels we fill the airlines we, we fill the restaurants without the events these these this economic impact wouldn't happen as, uh, as significant. And it, it, it's uh, and that's a hell of a challenge chris and i think it's one that you know again it's not um it, it, it's uh, as a sector when you talk about being, uh, uh, you know, within the leisure and hospitality and alongside, um, you know, uh, the travel industry. It's um, uh, I, I always sit with this problem that whether we like it or not, we're not necessarily an industry that sits in the public's conscience. So when we're asking for recognition, it's sometimes slightly different than what some people might perceive to be that. Um, and I, I often kind of battle with 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 my own assessment, but um, it, it's uh, you know we, we, we'll, I, I get personally posed questions as to why why is there not more headlines about our sector in the general media, and why aren't there um, you know made more interviews with 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 key personnel? Um, and it, it, you know I, I, I personally have, you know come come to the conclusion a while back that. It's it's potentially a, a, a difficult pill to swallow, but as a as a sector, we're we're not in that in that public area of of, of concern almost. Um, and I don't know how you get there. Um, you know, you don't John and Jane don't go home every evening and ask how's the trade in trade exhibition industry doing. They 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 ask about hotels and restaurants and when they can go on holiday and when can they can get their hair cut. Um, and they're not necessarily wondering about how sectors like ours have been uh, affected. And uh, so it's, it, 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 it's a real difficult one. And, you know, it's a challenge Chris has had for a long, long time and people before that. Uh, and sorry, not just Chris as, as associations. And it's, you know, having had 10 years working within the associations myself, gaining some perspective of what that looks like and potentially how easy or difficult that is. Um, it, it, it's it, it's it's a hell of a job, hell of a job, and I think in some people's minds, influencing government and getting recognition might look slightly different than what maybe is in uh, is it their own interpretation. Yes, I agree. Um, so, in terms of the associations and how they fit within the um, EIA structure, um, 
One of the things that we've been talking um, a lot about on this series is um, how we can be stronger together. Um, my personal thoughts on the EIA is that it's a really strong vehicle um, that we could probably use more uh, for that kind of stronger together message and campaign. Um, we're you know we're really fortunate to have an umbrella organisation that allows those three associations to have their own boundaries and identity and their own structures. Um, but to sit around a table and and get all three sectors um, influencing and making a difference is, is massive and something that I think we as an industry should be really proud of. Um, so um, the next question, um, yes, what are the benefits of the EIA um, and each of our involvement in them? Should I to start off with Andrew? So I, 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 I was very fortunate to start working as EIA project director um, quite a long time ago, and and that's its, its infancy. And what we're able to do is as one association to lead on a particular topic, whether it's health and safety or research or lobbying or academia, um, and that those principles still stand true. You know, we are together, we are stronger. So from a product and services point of view, I think there'll be more of those kind of things. There's no point in each of the three parties creating an economic impact figure with different figures or sitting through lots of money. So there's a lot of uh, synergies and economies of scale that we can put through. But what's really, really struck me in the last three months or so is the common challenges are really, really evident. Uh, the way that everybody does need to work together in partnership is even more. I think there's been more cross-association working groups or special interest groups looking at how we can build confidence with our customers, how we can create the things and the platform to open events. I think there'll be more of that from a, a boring practical perspective. Uh, I think there'll be a little bit more sharing of resource as well in terms of how we can deliver things more, even more efficiently for members. Because you know, all of our revenues, you you have a cold, you know, we have a fever. So you know, all, all of our revenues are going to be uh, challenged next year. So we've got to look at how we can best use members' money to deliver the best possible. So those conversations happening. Uh, so I think the perspective there'll be more common stuff and then for that actual practical delivery element how we do it, we'll be able to do it even more efficiently. What are your thoughts, Andrew? Um, again, we're, we're, I, I, I never, never ever claim that we're, uh, we're perfect. Um, but, you know, I, I look at the events of the past few weeks and other projects that we've worked on collectively. And, um, I, you know, I, struggle, I, I do struggle to see uh, a more effective way of pulling together all the various stakeholder groups to achieve a common goal. And I think we've shown again, um, again, we've had bumps and there's been frustrations and PACE has often frustrated individuals or companies. Um, but, you know, we have, a, we have such a, a shared responsibility to support the industry. And I think collectively we all feel that in within the three, three associations. And we have this shared resource and, you know, we're, we're, we're currently going through an almighty fight and the ability to draw on each other's resource and experience and resolve and, uh, and the experience of members. Um, I, I, I don't think it's replicated elsewhere within the sector. Um, but again, I caveat with that is we, we do and we'll make mistakes as we go along and we'll learn from this process as everybody else. And we'll learn and we'll learn that we will um, 
you know, our, we, we, we've learned our where we have the ability to do more um, and where we can be more um, effective. Um, you know, collectively, we represent a really large proportion of the eleven billion pound industry that we roughly represent. Um, and I, and I think we have to the to the best of our ability, and we're continuing to um, to kind of exemplify that sharpened tip of the arrow on behalf of, of of everybody. And I and when I say everybody, we don't just you know during this whole process, we're not just representing members. Um, we you know we never do. We have members, but equally everything we do, um, which is of a of a wider scope, is is always for the benefit of the sector as a whole, uh, whether you're a member or not. Uh, so I think it's got a huge future, and, and if nothing else, it, it will continue to be uh, to be strengthened. I do think if we had not had the EIA, we wouldn't have had the benefit of um, how our working groups have come together over the last uh, few weeks and months. You know, over the last couple of weeks, we've been able to identify industry-wide issues and um and set up a very quick process to enable an organizer a venue a contractor to specifically bash through that subject from all three different sides uh, it's the most efficient um way of progressing um a problem into a solution that that um takes into account um takes into account all all sides as much as possible so um, we've had a couple of questions through on the chat, which I'll just go through now. Hold on one second. So this one's from Angela Donaldson, and um, it's all around um, when. <laughs> when um, will we get the go-ahead from hmm. government? Yeah. Shall I? Uh, well, I, I, can, I, can, I can answer the question. Uh, but probably with the question. So if I had a pound for every time that question was asked, everybody would have free membership fees all year, in fact, for the next 10 years. What we've had to do with the government is gain recognition that we exist as a sector, then try and ensure that we have a hand on the pen in any guidance that happens. And a great success that the group Lou's mentioned, and I'd just like to pass on my personal thanks to ESSA, AEO and AV who have contributed huge amounts of time to create those sort of guidance documents and working practices. It's, it's been a, a real pleasure to see that collaboration. Uh, we are close. We, were the, the, we had a deadline of producing uh, the guidelines for the government, which was the 13th, which was last Saturday. Uh, we have a press release geared up, ready to go uh, that when that uh, is hopefully published, which we are led to believe is any day now. The, uh, on a near hourly basis for a go date, uh, a clear to work back from date. So they may as well just let us go, you know, open events from the 4th of July. That would be good in step three, assuming it's safe to do so. We cannot put profit above people. Uh, however, they're, they're, we're still pushing on a daily, daily basis for that. And I believe that scenes from Bista Village, uh, scenes from San and uh, seafront, uh, assuming that there isn't any uh, public uh, uh, consequence of, of second spikes and such like that, will all play very much in terms of opening up a little sooner. Just seen a document this morning that's actually detailed how uh, other countries are opening up, and that has already been shared with our government contacts uh, to, so they can see what other countries are doing. So we are lobbying on an hourly basis to have that to happen. Uh, we have a hand on the pen in terms of how we can operate on a risk assessed basis, which is the first time we've ever had specific 
reference as an indent and that's to all of your hard work uh, in terms of contributing groups which has just been magnificent to see thanks chris uh so andrew anything else to add to that um, I haven't. You know, sometimes Chris does a very good job at answering all the questions, and he's just done that there. Sorry. I'm not, if I practice. <laughs> no, 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 Chris, don't worry about it. So my next question is around kind of our toolkit. What's in our toolkit? Uh, what should be in our toolkit? What's the best things that we do have in our toolkit? I, I would, um, I'm going to start this one off by saying our working groups, kind of uh, referencing what I, what I mentioned before about the ability to collect people into a room to start solving problems, I think has been the biggest thing in our toolkit. So, um, Andrew, uh, you're up next. Uh, what do you think we've got in our toolkit or what should be in our toolkit? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree. I, I, I agree. I second that, you know, being able to mobilise um, groups of people and at various tiers within the sector um, is, is, has been integral. Um, so what we've just got, what we are currently going through, and how we how we move forward, um, you know. But we're we're an industry of, of, of bigger picture people. Uh, we're, we're we're practical people. We're we we have people who enjoy the detail. We're planners. Um, we're calm. Uh, we've got many many years of experience between us all. Um, huge amounts of resolve. We you know we we are we are an industry of people who pick ourselves up and and go again. Um, and for once, I think being control freaks will play into our hands um, as, as we see certain things happening in other sectors. But I think they're all, you know, that they're maybe not necessarily association things, but they're, they're you know, we harbour these types of people within our sector. And I think um, I think it's it collectively when I look at other industries, um, we've, we've got a lot to be proud of over the last three to four months. And I think from an association point, it's about being able to mobilise those those individuals. Um, you know, where would we be again? Maybe going back on a previous question, where would we be if we had three separate associations without that groundwork of, of collaboration and um, uh, you know and, and know how? Uh, we'd have been we'd have been scrambling around as three different stakeholder groups. Over to you, Chris. Uh, what do you think we've got in our toolkit? Uh, I'm going to be controversial. Brexit. There you go. We never thought that would get mentioned on the COVID call. I think we can use the, uh, the the opportunity of the pandemic and Brexit to really reassess uh, how events can play a part in reigniting the economy. You know, the government officials are looking at uh, looking at other uh, countries coming out quicker. Uh, I'm making calls to them to say that you know our international events to be in destinations so you know let's keep the pressure on government and uh i mean across the sectors we've got in the uk so a little bit bold and argumentative for me but i think brexit's in our toolkit to uh, really reaffirm the value that events can play which then help i'm inclined to agree with you chris um i do think it could be a positive addition to our tool belt going forward so we have another question in on the chat from ash head um thanks for joining us again ash uh, it's good to see you 
Um, this one relates to the 14-day quarantine uh, for travellers into the UK. Um, we have a show or a couple of shows this autumn where international travel is a, is a big um, a big thing to take into account. Uh, it's, it's definitely having an impact from our side. Um, what about you, Andrew? Okay, um, if, 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 if it clearly continues to be um, where it's currently at, then it's, it's got the potential to be devastating, um, obviously. Um, if I, if my own personal perspective is, is that it, it, it's, and, and again, uh, maybe it's irresponsible of me to say so, but I, I, I don't see it lasting. Um, I don't see the uh, enforced um, quarantine lasting um, more than more than a few weeks um and i and i, and I think there's recognition of that growing um but equally uh, you know i have nothing to back that up bar bar the growing campaign um to to to, to can it um but uh, if, if it is in is, if it is still in situ then yeah it clearly is um it's 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 a hurdle which um we would have to overcome and potentially it would be a hurdle too many for some um, so yeah, there's, there's no positives um, to to draw from it if it continues to be in place for uh, an extended period of time. It, it's yeah, it, it's going to have a dev devastating effect on um, on on confidence um, and obviously long term a devastating effect on um, on the ability for people to to travel in reasonable periods of business time. And Chris, yeah, I'm pretty sure you've got something to add on this one. We're already representing on that. Uh, from the get-go, uh, it's a, again, you've got to put safety first, which is really important, but to the economic consequences for almost every show, yes, you've got your big uh, internationals, which is massive, and we've made the point about uh, them being quartered by uh, destinations uh, outside of the UK. One of our draws is our, our transport hub and the appeal of coming to the UK. Also, you know, many of the... 700 trade and consumer shows in the UK have international um, uh, and sitting in behind the airline sort of sit behind other people who have got similar messages to tunnels to search for uh, people and then look, uh, try to estimate the sort of ca calculate the costs of to the businesses and those not happening and often they're key audiences that are really critical to the success uh, so yeah, we, we've been uh, making presentations already, and like Andrew, I wouldn't actually bet my uh, bet my house on it. But I think the assuming that the the science backs it up, uh, I think the commercial uh, elements will hopefully mean for a quick uh, re return to normality for that. So, as usual, we are running short on time, but um, before we go, I think I've got time to pose one quick question to you, Andrew, and that is um, on the subject of diversity and inclusivity. Um, what are ESSA doing uh, to, um, to ensure that we move forward on this regard? Um, probably not enough. Um, in fact, definitely not enough. Um... You know, I think our industry is very reflective in a negative, uh, from a negative point of view of other industries and potentially, dare I say, worse in pockets. Um, I think you'd have to be blind um, not to see that our industry does have issues. Um, it's, it's something that I'm happy to say the ESSA board has a, as a, as a collective. There is a group of people who are wanting, including yourself, Lou, who are wanting to drive this with regards to the work that we, we move on to. 
um, in the very near future. And it's it's something I you know I want to wholeheartedly back myself and 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 the association and its members and the rest of the industry to get behind the work that it's doing. Um, uh, you know we we work on these things just like you know other other key issues which raise their head um, every now and again, such as mental health. We we deal with them in pockets sometimes and in bursts. Um, and you know, I don't want to. I don't want to take away from the the positive work that we have done in certain areas. But equally, um, there's 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 a huge amount that can be done in our sector. Um, and um, yeah, the, the you know, a, a different level of conversation needs to take place. As I said, I think you'd have to be pretty blind not to say that our our industry, uh, in 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 not quite in its entirety, but definitely in large pockets, there are, there are issues. Thanks, Angie. Um, excited to uh, see what happens next. It's obviously an area that's close to many of our hearts um, and exciting to see where we're going to get to on it. So on that note, I would like to say thank you, gentlemen, for joining me today, uh, for giving up your time and the time taken to prepare for this session. Um, in summary, uh, there's a couple of things here. Firstly, we in our, I think one of our very first sessions, we talked about um, how you could uh, learn and develop by putting yourself in a room where people know more than you. And and if you want to do that, the working groups and the associations are exactly where you need to be. Um, you have a great opportunity there. Um, one person can affect change. Um, you just need the vehicle to do it. So get involved. Um, start understanding from people that know more more than you. Put forward your ideas and suggestions um, in, in that room. Um, and I guess secondly, uh, and related to that, is... The fact that these associations are only as good as their members. Um, you know, Andrew and Chris are the secretariat for each of the associations. They fulfil what the members want them to fulfil. So if you've got a burning passion or if you've got an idea, then get involved because you're the ones that can make a difference. Um, they are there to facilitate you ultimately or facilitate the industry's um, needs and aspirations. Um, so yeah, give them a shout and uh, step into that room and make a difference. So thanks again, gents, and thank you to Aztec for this great studio experience. I'll be back in my spare room next week talking to uh, Verena Lester from Clarion Events, and we're going to be talking about um, international versus UK ops and all the fun that goes along with that. So have a lovely rest of your week, and thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next Tuesday at 2 o'clock.